Welcome to the Real Estate Investing Club. This is the place everyday real estate investors gather to share their best stories, biggest insights, and favorite tactics to grow a portfolio of cash-flowing properties in today's market. Here's your host, Gabe Peterson. All right. Welcome back to another episode of the Real Estate Investing Club. Today, we have Brian Driscoll with us from MotivatedLeads.com. They are experts at off-market lead generation, which is the first step in any good deal, any good deal that I've bought at least. So I am super excited to jump into this. Brian, thank you very much for hopping on the show. Hey, thanks, Gabe. Glad to be here. Absolutely. I told you before we got on here, we like to start with stories. We like to hear how people got to where they are today. So why don't you take us back to the beginning of your story? How'd you get into real estate? Yeah, sure thing. So I got into real estate about eight years ago. I bought a property on Craigslist. Nice. <laughs> yeah, it was sweet. It was my first deal. It was like 30 grand. Okay. Hell yeah. So I get into this property. I'm going through and I get to the closing table. I'm like, holy crap, it's a $15,000 wholesale fee. And I'm just getting introduced like to what's going on. I'm like, geez, oh man. And I have a marketing background. So I'm like, well, maybe I should start marketing for my own deals. So on that first deal I did, though, I found out this place literally, when you went into it, the bathroom, you turned the uh, tub on, it rained in the basement. <laughs> I had good. to replace- Never a good sign. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was. luckily I bought it right. Like the, the numbers made sense. So even after replacing all the plumbing, everything like that, it uh, turned out. But that's my introduction. I got into it uh, doing that way. And uh, I buy and hold. So I just buy junkers like that. Primarily, I try to buy them a little bit nicer than that now, though. Yeah, I fix that's, a, that's a big lift. It is, yeah. So, and I just, um, I buy them, I rehab out of them. I rehab, I pull my cash back out and I just do it again. And I only buy in my zip code. So I keep it really, really oh, close wow. to Wow, One zip code. Wow, that is uh, that is very small. Um, but I mean, you know, if if you know one zip code, but like the back of your hand, then you're definitely going to get all those deals and you're going to know which ones you shouldn't be buying. So there's there's a benefit to that. Um, real quick, you said you you that first deal you bought it for thirty thousand and you bought it from a wholesaler. So half of that thirty thousand was they had it under contract for fifteen. Yeah, they got it like super cheap. It was like <laughs> wow. it might have been like thirty five k or something. It was cheap. Okay, either way, yeah, still. Yeah, and this was back back in the day too. Yeah, when well, what year was this? When did you get started? Uh probably about eight nine years ago. So what's oh, that? Yeah. Like two thousand fifteen, two thousand fourteen. Nice. Right on, man. So, uh, so you got into um, you got into the flip side of things, and you were flipping business, you were flipping houses, you were you're basically doing the Burr method um, as you went along. What, at what point did you change gears, and you're like, you know what, I fucking kick ass at this marketing stuff. It's time to open my own uh, um, digital marketing shop. Yeah, you know what? It's actually backwards. I've been doing digital since like 2000. Oh, okay. So what I do is I buy properties out of my profits in the marketing side. And that's where I get the buy and hold. But where I transitioned into real estate was with that deal. I'm like, I'm used to dealing with like national and uh, international like e-commerce and big companies. Mm. Like, well, I'm paying this. Why not just market for myself for deals? So I slapped up a carrot website just to see, like, can I get leads locally? How easy it is it or how competitive? And I crushed it. And then we saw a need. So I came into this space and we, we transitioned the whole business into only dealing with uh, real estate investors about three years ago. Oh, nice. So you already had a digital marketing agency set up and then you just realized that real estate investors really need digital marketers. And so you just kind of pivoted and aimed your business in that direction. Exactly. Yeah. And it was way easier too, because 
marketing in one city is way easier than marketing for the country. Yeah. <laughs> that was shoes or something. That was actually one of my first mistakes. You know, you make so many mistakes along the road, but one of the first ones that I made was um I I also was in e-commerce for a bit, so I got pretty good at, at digital marketing. And then, uh, and I decided when I wanted to focus on real estate, I was like, I'm just gonna market to the entire country, and I'm gonna get all of the houses out there. Yeah. Big mistake! Don't do that. It's not a good idea. Um, having to learn all those metros, you never know what's a good deal. Um, so you you guys are focused entirely on fix and flips. Uh, you are masters of the market. Um, and that is one of the most important parts of real estate is finding those deals. Because if you don't buy right, it's never going to be a good deal no matter what you do. Um, so what are some of the specific things that you guys do to really help? Um, like what are the things that you would recommend other investors do to increase their uh, their lead generation? Yeah, one thing I'd recommend, I see a lot of people going after leads and focusing on getting the cheapest lead. Keep And I always tell people, go, keep your messaging really direct. Get a good quality lead versus focusing on getting cheap leads. For example, if you're doing Facebook ads, don't go after people looking for home valuations or to find out how much their house is worth, things like that. Be more direct. Be like, hey, sell your house fast. We're cash home buyers. You might spend three times that cost, but you're going to close one out of 10 versus one out of 100. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. That's a huge tip that people can't wrap their head around it either. It's like, even if a lead costs 100 bucks and you close one out of 10, it's a $1,000 cost per deal versus if you're getting leads for five bucks and you got to close like the time, close a one out of 100, it's just insane. Yeah. You know, so you got you to gotta really, really focus there and get intentional. Yeah, you really the um, looking at the bigger picture and stepping back. You know, it it hurts to see that thousand dollar bill. Like I just spent a thousand dollars on ads, but if you look at it from the deal perspective, you're making ten thousand, fifty thousand dollars on a deal. It really it's a drop in the bucket in the grand scheme of things. Right. Um. So I mean, you mentioned cost per lead, and uh, you mentioned Facebook ads as well. Do you guys do focus more on digital or on uh, sorry, uh, pay per click or more on Facebook itself? You know what? We do both. So I do Google pay-per-click, Facebook, and SEO. So that you're hitting different audiences on each. Okay. Like you figure on Google, it's real intentional. People are searching, need to sell my house or cash home buyers in Pittsburgh or whatever. Uh, the cost per click's really expensive, but you have that high intent there. And then Facebook, you're kind of interrupting people's day. You're targeting them based on their behavior, mm. which you know, but they work really well together too with retargeting. Like Google someone might find your website and then they don't fill out the form, but then you retarget them on Facebook. Yep. Yep. That makes sense. So you kind of, I mean, you guys see it from a more holistic perspective. The question I was going to ask is which platform do you find the the best ROI for your, for your marketing spend? Um, but it sounds like from your guys' perspective, you, you, you can't really divest, um, you know, social ads from pay-per-click ads or anything like that. They, they kind of work in tandem with each other. They do. They work in tandem. Uh, Facebook's going to get you a cheaper lead cost. Mm. But if you're looking holistically, you need to look at the attribution. Like, where is the traffic first coming from? Like, are they coming from Google? Uh, we use a software called Hyros. Um, but anyone looking at attribution, you want to find out if somebody clicks Google ad, comes to your website and leaves, comes back through Facebook through retargeting, where do you need to scale? A lot of people think Facebook's crushing it, which meanwhile, Facebook's just retargeting. Google's where you need to like increase your ad spend. Uh, so we look at all those types of things there. Uh, so like the whole funnel, if I was going to pick one, though, if someone was just starting out, I'd probably start on Facebook, though, just because okay. you can get you can dip your feet in uh, a lot cheaper. 
That makes sense. What is, uh, I mean, I know every single market is completely different, but if you just take your own market, for example, what is the cost per lead that you guys are seeing on Facebook? Average cost per lead is about $125, give $150 or $1.25? No, like $100, $150. Bucks. $150, really? Yeah, when it, that brings up a good thing too. You can do lead forms and get leads for about five bucks, which is where uh, face, you have your ad, someone clicks it, Facebook automatically pops your info and they call that done. Oh, but they're I, really low quality. Yeah, it's going to be lower quality, which if you're just starting out, you might want to fish through them and get cheap leads. I prefer to send them to a website, have them do a multi-step form to disqualify them and then pop them out at the end that way. So it drives the cost up, but it saves us a lot of time. The quality is way better. That makes sense. Um, and what is like end to end? What is the process that you guys run for your own business to generate leads? You you run the ads and then what happens after that? Yes. Yeah, so what we'll do, we, we run an ad, someone clicks it, goes to a website. We ask them their first information, like name, phone number, email, address. Then we're going to ask them after they submit that, like why they want to sell, how fast, how much work does it need, things like that. And then a, a really beneficial thing that changed our business, after they press submit on that, on the thank you page, we have them the option for them to book an appointment for us to come give them an offer, but also automate a text message in an email to them also saying, hey, thanks for filling out a form. Here's a link to book an offer or, or for book an appointment. We we found that helps a couple of different ways. 34% of people will book the appointment, but especially on say Google pay-per-click, a lot of people are filling out forms at three in the morning and they're going <laughs> to fill out the first website, second and third, and they keep filling out people's sites. This pulls them away from Google to your calendar, and then they feel like they accomplished what they were looking for, so it cuts out the competition as well. Oh, interesting. I never thought about that. Yeah, so that, that's a, that, that was a big one there. So once you, once you get the lead, do you have someone, um, I mean, do you have like a VA call them to verify that it's a good lead, or do you guys just go straight into, uh, I mean, if they, if they book a time for you to go out to the property, do you just go straight out there and uh, drive out to the property? No, we're still go we kind of use that as a vetting process still and gauge their motivation, but we're always gonna call before going. Just because you you go out to them, like you go out, some of these people are just some of them are listed on MLS, especially in this market. Mm. You just get bad leads, you still have to qualify them. Yeah. Have you guys ever um do you deal with anything on the MLS? Like if somebody's if it is listed on the MLS, do you ever just, you know, shoot them an offer at a price that makes sense to you? Or is it automatic? No, I'm not gonna do MLS. I don't, but I've been talking with a lot of investors, especially in this market, that are reaching out to them just like an off-market deal, finding out their pain points. And some of them are just kicking the agent a couple bucks to get them off the listing to drop it. You know what I mean? Like paying the agent and buying it directly from the seller still. Why? That's interesting. Um, from my perspective, the price is really the only thing that matters. It doesn't matter if an agent is involved. Why would someone not want um, the agent there? I don't know. I, I, people have just been telling me in this market, like we have never looked at any lead that came through on the MLS. Mm. People are just starting to tell me in the last month that they're starting to get deals. And for some reason, they're buying, they're paying the agent. Maybe they don't want to pay the whole fee or something because they want to buy it mm. direct. I'm not sure. But yeah, I'm starting yeah. to see more people talking about that paying. They're paying like the half of the commission or whatever to the agent. Mm. That makes sense. Um, so have you guys, I know you guys, you know, focus a lot on flips on, um, single families. Have you ever done anything on the commercial side? Yeah, we have, um, on the commercial side, if you're going to run ads on that side, which you know, as well, I found be really direct on that as well. Like if you're looking for, uh, say multis, or if you're looking for storage, warehouses, office buildings, 
have your messaging. Don't just say we're we're looking for commercial buildings. Be specific. Mm. Like whichever kind you're looking for, be specific with the website matches the ads in the uh, creative all match together. Like self-storage units have pictures of self-storage units saying we buy self-storage units in Pittsburgh. Send them to a page that says that as well. Because commercial is a whole different animal. You're dealing like a motivated seller is just a normal person. Normally people in commercial and same with multis, they're a little more educated. Um, and they're usually, a lot of them, they're not really distressed. They're no. going to be selling for different reasons. Yep. Yep. That makes sense. But you still use digital marketing, like online ads for commercial and it works. Oh yeah. Huh. That is interesting. I've, uh, I did run a few ads some, um, you know, a while ago for commercial, uh, it was for a mobile home RV park. So that's not, that's kind of a different market than your general commercial owner. But, uh, we ran ads and we got, it was very, very low. Um, I mean, obviously there are fewer commercial owners out there, so you'd expect a lower lead, uh, lead volume, but, um, it didn't seem to beat out things like, uh, direct mail, um, paper, or sorry, uh, text marketing, anything like that. Um, but you guys are finding success, which is great to hear. I always like to hear about new marketing channels that work on the commercial side. Yeah, it is lower. You're right, though. Like on that side, it, it is way lower just because that it and especially like in Pittsburgh, marketing for RV parks, you're not going to get a hit because we don't have a ton. Right. <laughs> if it's not there, you're not going to get it. Right. Uh, so you got to know the market and things, too. And, it, and you got to really refine and find what's you got to test. Yeah. Um, see what's work where you're at. How would you do targeting, especially on the the Facebook side for for commercial? Um, because well, I actually I wouldn't know how to do that. How would you target owners uh, or at, have Facebook figure out how to find the owners for commercial properties? Yeah, that's where it's tricky, especially in the real estate space, because with the special interest category and uh, Facebook, you can't really even target much. You can't All target right, much yeah. zip codes. What I found is you have to be spot on with your messaging mm. so that you're trying to only have people engage with your ad that are relevant to what you're trying to target and then have Facebook's uh, algorithm learn based on that. Because if you have everyone clicking your ads and it's not really targeted, the algorithm can't learn the type of person you're trying to stay in front of. Yep. That makes sense. Um, yeah. And I've... Is there still like the priming period? Like you'll throw a thousand dollars into a campaign just so Facebook kind of learns where to put your ad, and then you start, um, you know, honing it and doing a, a recurring budget on that uh, that campaign. Kind of. Um, I found it's more it's more along the lines of setting up your campaigns properly, and then mm. which which I see a lot of people make the mistake on not setting up events properly. But mm. what you're going to want to do, for example, you have a Facebook pixel you're going to put on your website put that on all your pages, but then on your thank you page, you put the event pixel, right? Okay. So you, I'd say a lot of investors just putting a pixel on their website, spending money on Facebook with no events or no way to tell Facebook's algorithm, like what the type of people are you're trying to get in front of. And they burn a ton of cash. Gotcha. That makes sense. Yeah. So I look at, I'm more looking at a couple of different things. Like if I'm running ads, I'm looking at the cost per click just to see if our ads or actually getting people to click them, like like if they convert. And then if we have an acceptable cost per click and no one's filling out a form on our website, maybe our landing page sucks. Or maybe we're just targeting a niche like targeting RV parks in Pittsburgh. Like <laughs> you're just not going to get leads, you know? Yeah. Kind of looking at it those ways. So you're really looking down the down the funnel and figuring out where the chain is breaking. What What is the weak link? What needs to be fixed next? Um, exactly. That makes a lot of sense. 
Right on. Well, hey, I just took a peek at the clock. We have gone through our 15 minutes, so it's time to jump into the quick question round. Are you ready? Ready. Let's do it. Starts with books. I'm a big bookie, so give me two recommendations, one for general life wisdom and one for real estate specific. Uh, general life wisdom, I would say uh, my f- top book, Richest Man in Babylon. Oof, good one. Yeah, that one. And uh, for real estate, I always like Ron Legrand stuff. Okay. It actually got me into it. He's an old timer, but uh, the fundamentals still stay the same. Yeah. I never read Ron Legrand. Um, I've heard good things. Uh, Richest Man in Babylon, though. That's a, that was a good book. It's a good... I love um, wisdom books that don't just say it. They like go through a story and try to really illustrate it. And I feel like that's what Richest Man in Babylon did uh, pretty well. Yeah, um, there's good one rec- page, the Five Laws of Gold. Will change That changed my life. Just any business decision, I hit those five laws. And if it makes sense, like if they pass, you're good. And if not, you pass. Yep. I'm... Uh, I'm going to have to revisit that one. I read it so long ago. I don't remember what they are, but I'm sure they're good. Um, But I'm going to move us on to the next question. This is for your younger self. So if you could go back to the Brian who is just getting started in real estate, let's say just getting started in digital marketing. He hadn't even bought that $30,000 house eight years ago. Go back to him, look him in the eye, give him one piece of advice moving forward. Don't drink. Yeah, that's good. That is, you're the first person surprisingly to say that, but that is really, that is a good advice that many older people wish they would have told to their younger, younger selves. <laughs> Nothing good ever came from that in my younger years. Yep. Yep. I could uh, second that one. It's fun in the moment, but it's just not worth it. Right. Moving on. Next question. Um, this is your Superman strength. All of us are gifted with strengths that we uniquely give this world. So what is your Superman strength? Uh, my strength, I'd probably say the the willing to keep failing and keep going on and help other people while other people not make the same mistakes. I'm learning while failing. Yep. Persisting even when you get hit in the face. That is uh, that is a strength, especially in real estate, because that's going to happen to you more than once. Um, next question is mentors. Mentors. None of us are none of us are islands. We all stand on the shoulders of giants. So who is one mentor that who has contributed significantly to your career today? Yeah, I would. I'd probably say my father bringing me up to learn how to get punched in the face so many times. <laughs> so many fathers. That is a good lesson to teach your son: is just to be able to hit, get hit, and then keep going on. Oh, yeah. Um, next question. This is tools. Tools form the backbone of all of our businesses. So, what is one tool that you use every single day? I. It's our CRM. I use Go High Level. Go High Level. I haven't heard that one before. Yeah, it's pretty good. It does uh, CRM, but also text, email, drips, all that kind of stuff, all in one place. Nice, nice. Um, yeah. I'll, that's I'll have to check the one, that one out because I am uh, considering other other platforms out there. Um, and that leads us to the second to last question. This is United States. It's a big place. A lot of opportunity out there. A lot of square miles to buy. You said you buy in one zip code. Um, so this is probably going to be a pretty easy question for you to answer. What is the Metro that you are most excited about investing in today? Yeah, it's my zip code, really. <laughs> and you really you don't go out of that one zip code. That's uh, that's really impressive. Yeah, you know why? It's not necessarily because I know the market. It's just because I'm so busy in my business, I don't have time to drive and look at the property. So I kind of like keep it really narrow. That makes um, a lot of sense. Yeah, I mean, I see some places booming. Like Florida's booming right now. Uh, every other person that comes on this podcast they have they name one metro in florida it's like tampa fort lauderdale you know fort myers anything out there florida people love florida but 
I'm with you. Um, staying near near where you live is it, there's a lot more benefit to it than just the dollar signs. Um, I've been buying nationally commercial and I'm just tired of flying everywhere, man. I just don't want to get in on another plane. I want to like be able to take my car down to my property. It's a lot easier that way. Right. Um, right on. That leads us to the very last question. This is for the listeners. You've given us a lot of good advice. I'm sure people want to reach out, maybe get involved with your motivatedleads.com real estate uh, digital marketing. So t- what is the best way for them to get in contact with you? Yeah, best way, go to motivated-leads.com. And just fill out a form or give us a call. Easy peasy, motivated-leads. I'll put that in the show notes. So if y'all want to reach out to Brian, go ahead and click a little more in the description. It'll f- pull down the full description and in there you can find Brian's URL. Right on, man. Well, that wraps it up. Thank you very much for hopping on the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Absolutely. For everybody who's here with us today, thank you guys for showing up. You are the reason we do this. If you guys have any questions whatsoever, reach out to me, Gabe at the real estate investing club.com. And if you guys want to show us a little love, just leave us a review on Apple or any of the platforms. That's all we ask. Other than that, I hope you guys have an absolutely fantastic week. Keep rocking real estate. And I look forward to seeing you on the next episode. All right. Before I officially sign off, I have a quick announcement to make. If you're interested in becoming a passive investor in one of my deals, my own company, Kaizen Properties, is looking for capital partners for our upcoming projects. We invest in what are known as recession-resistant assets, mainly self-storage facilities, mobile home and RV parks, and industrial properties. If you're interested in investing and would like to learn a little bit more about my company, our investing criteria, and some of the previous projects we've done, Go to the Real Estate Investing Club podcast at therealestateinvestingclub.com and scroll all the way down to the bottom of the page. Click on the Invest With Us button. That'll pop up the investor form. Fill that out and we will reach back out to you as soon as we can. Or if you prefer a little bit more of a personal touch, you can reach out to me at gabe at therealestateinvestingclub.com. So really, that is it. Again, it was a pleasure hanging out with you guys during this episode, and I look forward to seeing you on the next episode.